Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got an They option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New, New York, York City. City. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And we are back for yet another episode of sizzling and steaming drama here. And it's been a really great week. You know, I feel like every week there's some different content that sort of comes out that like everyone obsesses over for a couple of days. And this has been the moment that I've been waiting for. Connor, I think you know what I'm going to talk about, but... Wait, why is my heart racing? Well, because we are Taylor Swift super fans. That is right. And Lover came out on Sunday, and we just watched it last night. And I have been listening to her, that they released the tracks on Spotify. Oh, really? Yes. Because there's one that I really, I was obsessed with. Well, I mean, I was obsessed with all of it, but her Cornelia Street... Mm-hmm. Got me. Mm-hmm. She is a she's a legend. She's an icon. She is the moment. Yes. And I also am gagged for the name of the concert, the City of Lover. Like, I know. Come on, it's perfect in Paris. It was in Paris, right? I believe. Am I making this up? It was. <laughs> it was. My <laughs> favorite part about it was that like it really heavily featured just her and a guitar. Like the whole middle section was like acoustic versions of. I mean, Death by a Thousand Cuts is my favorite song in the album but actually Ooh. no it's daily i can't choose um but she my favorite part about any concert that we see these days is that it's as you call it connor semi-live <laughs> right right it is semi-live i mean she like you can tell it's not the studio recorded tracks that she laid down for the actual album i kept calling it like mutated auto-tune it's not to say she she sounded great Amazing. but it's like you know, it's like retouched like by an angel. A little angel. You know. Yeah. Um, no, but I loved it. She And you know what I was thinking about, too, is all of the songs are already amazing as, she, as they're presented on the album. But then she does them just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, they still hold up just on guitar. They still hold up just on piano. And, and also, like you pointed out, especially during You Need to Calm Down, she looked like she was having fun. She was. She was dancing and it wasn't awkward. My favorite part was during Daylight, during the bridge section, how she sort of like took it all down just into her normal, natural, breathy octave. And, breathy. and you got all of the <laughs> lyrics like that. And I can still see it all. Oh my God. Back and yeah. forth from New York. Was, like you really could feel those lyrics. And I think that that is like the thesis statement of the album, that whole song. Oh, right. Well, then of course, at the end, she has her iconic little, I guess it is her thesis statement about being defined by the things you love. Mm. Um, and we always talk about how like, wait, why is it this like, muffled like I, I recorded this like in my closet like on a which is like what all of us are doing now honestly in quarantine recording things in our closets but uh, but then I my point is if it wasn't done with some sort of noise like if it wasn't changed a little bit and she was just talking straight on it would sound so goofy it would sound a little awkward it sound like like a monologue yeah yeah but um, she's brilliant her songwriting is absolutely amazing she captures the feeling and you know our guest today also has that way about her <gasps> I'm gagged. She I'm can gonna find her. a time and a place and she just puts it in a song and we're there. And also this might be one of the longest intros that Dylan has ever written. So I'm going to have to take some deep breaths here. Yeah, we'll be here for you though. Okay. All right. Bring her in, Connor. Here we go. Our guest today is an entertainment business legacy, most recently being recognized as a 2020 Outer Critics Circle honoree for Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical for her role in Jagged Little Pill, known to audiences for her incredible performances on both stage and screen. She's captured the hearts of her devoted fans through her down-to-earth personality and iconic voice. She made her Broadway debut in the acclaimed 2015 Broadway revival of Deaf West's Spring Awakening as the voice of Marta. She then became an instant icon on You on Lifetime, which, oh my god, I actually kind of forgot about that for a second, which we have to talk about, Um, as well as having appeared on The Flash and Indoor Boys. Her original music has been featured in film and TV such as Younger, Covert Affairs, Oh, Dylan, you watched. And thanks for sharing. She's a breakout star of the Alanis Morissette musical Jagged Little Pill, 
as Bella Fox singing an original song that was written for the musical. She recently, like yesterday, released her third EP, Demos Volume 1, all recorded in one-take sessions while quarantined at home. She is the moment. Please welcome to drama, Catherine Gallagher. That was like the kindest words anyone's had to say about me. I'm so flattered. Thank you so much. It's all true. Catherine, thank you for doing this. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh and you God. look and you look gorgeous straight from the garden, as you were saying. <laughs> I know when we hopped on to everybody listening, we hopped on and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm taking up my dirt on my face. I just I'm just from the garden. <laughs> I feel like you could make that like part of your look though. Like and people would then like do it. Well, it's so funny. I, I've never gardened before in my life, but I'm a very obsessive person with activities. Um, but it doesn't last long, so I have to really take advantage of the moment. And so I've I've since in the past two months um, planted seven different gardens, and my mom named them today. So we have um, the panic garden, which is the first one I I did. I, I planted all these vegetables just in case they ran out of the store, like the first day of quarantine. I planted. So like this is eight. like the seven stages of quarantine. Each one gets a garden. Honestly. <laughs> Not no. <laughs> I'm like, he's so great. Yeah, the panic garden, grandma's garden, the outhouse garden, which is I dug up an old outhouse and repurposed the soil, which has truly been weird times. Um, and then there's the patio garden, and then there's the herb garden, and then I'm forgetting one. Oh, the tulip garden, and then there's the fairy garden. Oh my God, I love all of I'm going to go to the fairy garden. Me too. It's so magical. I built it right by the brook, and I have like stones around it, and it's all like medicinal herbs. If they grow, they might not. I've never done this before. Well, this is amazing. We <laughs> joked beforehand that this like so tuck everlasting vibes. Like <laughs> you're I winning. Truly, I'm trying. I'm just. I need. I need to stay busy. Otherwise, uh, I don't. I've never not been busy. Yeah. Well, you were very busy. You know, recording another EP. Yes. Um, but wait, you were trying to like. I could see you holding back, talking about. <laughs> Hold on, it was so good. <laughs> so did you watch City of Lover? and I were texting throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I love that. What was what was the highlight of the concert for you? For me, um, The Archer is a very special song to me. It came out on my birthday, which as you've heard, my EP was not the happiest day of my life. Um, <laughs> I love your nods right now. It's just like <laughs> I was wait, I was like do I was doing laundry while listening to it, and all of a sudden I said, "Wait, what was that? This is a birthday party. Like this is not what I thought was happening." Yeah, it's a painful, painful time for me. Um, so that song came out on my birthday, and I was driving home um, with my two best friends from what was supposed to be a very fun trip with the two of us, or the three of us. And, and uh, I'm driving home, and I was like, oh my God, Taylor released a song. Because everyone was texting me, like, Taylor released a song on your birthday. I was like, oh my God, Taylor released a song on my birthday. So I'd play it. And all of a sudden, these tears are streaming down my face. And I'm like, play it again, play it again. They're just like, do you want me to drive? I'm like, I'm fine. So I, that song is always very special. Which this was last summer? Because I think I remember it coming out last summer. Okay, wow. Yeah. You're a Leo. I'm a Leo. I'm the very first day of Leo. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the Archer is one of those songs you can play on a loop, though. I think it's one of her most inventive tracks she's ever done. It's genius. Those lyrics... All of my enemies started out friends. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, but I would say Cornelia Street acoustic, like really epic for me. And then Daylight, I wept. Um, yes. And I were texting because she sent me flowers once. And she said, goodbye, cool summer. Hello, Daylight. And so, because she's like the best friend ever. And she also sent me that with like um, the, the big cookie pie from Milf Bar. And like, yeah, she's just like, I just, we can make a podcast dedicated to how much I love Stephanie Styles. And, oh my and God. I never run out of things to say. Um, I love Stephanie, but I also love that cookie pie thing from Milk Bar. That might be the biggest thing I miss about New York. And that, anyways. Um, you know, the, the main uh, pastry chef from Milk Bar, though, she does online baking classes every day on Instagram. Oh, that's so cute. I know. My best I might have to tune in. We're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, like a FaceTime date where we make the things. See, like, I love these fun ways that we're like, we're finding to like stay connected and try new things. And um, wait, I have one thing to say about the Archer that I noticed during the concert was that there's like a thumping bass the whole time. And I feel like it's like a heartbeat throughout the entire song. It's just wow, it's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful observation. I was, we were texting our best friend, Lisa about it. Who's like a huge, love Lisa. she's like, we love, we love, we love, we love. Actually, I think she watched all of you and she will actually be gagged. So we're talking 
speaking to. Um, oh yeah, yeah. she loves Lisa. you. Um, that's so funny. And does she love me or does she love the show? Both. A question. That's the one terrible thing about that title. <gasps> People are always like, "Oh my god, I love you." And I'm like, "I love you too." And they're like, "The show." And I'm like, "Yeah, same." <laughs> And the thing about you is, it's like, I mean, Connor was a appointment viewer who watched every week on Lifetime. Catherine, you have to know, I was, okay, so I was excited for it because Pretty Little Liars is like one of my favorite shows. So I was like, all right, Shay Mitchell. And then a wonderful person with an insane work ethic. She is incredible. I just could not love her more. I had to say that. I am. She is like the most lovely person. I love her. And she just had the cutest baby. Like, I just, I, I think she's wonderful. Oh my God. I'm, I love that. And she's, she's iconic. She knows she really turned out a great performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super yeah. memorable. And uh, uh, most of your scenes were with yeah, her, so right? All my scenes were with I'm Elizabeth Lale, who's my best friend. Um, now, I mean, I didn't know her before. Nicole Kang and Shay Mitchell. Oh my God. It was great. You know, the thing about you, the first season I watched, I watched it week to week on Lifetime. Oh, cause I was saying like, love Shay Mitchell. I love Gossip Girl. So I was like, all right, pens on this. And he's, he's also so wonderful. just like, he's so talented. He's hilarious. The, my fir- favorite and first interaction with Penn was it was, we were filming the pilot and I was walking by his trailer, trailer door was open and he was like, Catherine. And I was like, yeah. And he like calls me in, brings me in. And we had like an hour long discussion about like the Baha'i faith and faith in general and different perceptions of God throughout the world. Like it was such, a, and I was like, you are a deep, cool, incredible, insightful person. Yeah. He's oh wonderful. my God. I That's so cool. My dog won't stop barking. He's great. And seven it, hours because the mailman was here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you're good. But you know, I, and I did watch the first season on cable. I know cable queen, humble brag. And I watched it week to week and then, and I, and I thought it was great. I was like, Oh, it's a really good show. I thought it was like directed really well. And then, but I was like, okay, I don't know if I'll watch season two or not. I'll be just, like, be fully honest. I was like, I felt like the story was told. 100%. And then it dropped, and then it dropped on Netflix and everybody was obsessed and they were like, Oh my God, this is the best binge I've ever had. And I was like, okay, maybe I would have been obsessed, like fully obsessed if I binged it. Cause I, I found Joe to be a bit tiresome yeah. at times. So when I watched season two, I did binge it. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the perfect show to binge. It's amazing. And I thought season two was also great as well. It's so funny. Um, we kept but saying it, that when we were filming it, we were like, I just feel like this is going to be the show you're going to want to watch all at once. Like we kept kind of saying that. And so we were all really excited we had always known that the show was a co-pro with Netflix. So internationally, it was always going to be Netflix. So we were hoping, you know, that like we would have an international fan base and then later it would go to Netflix was sort of like our thought. And then after we like were fully a flop on Lifetime, like terrible ratings. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Lifetime was like, you can have it. We don't want it. And then it was on Netflix and they like rebranded it. We got new like social tags and everything. And then all of a sudden, everybody, you know, this is including my friends, were texting me like, I didn't know you were on a Lifetime or a Netflix show. And I was like, guys, I've been posting about this same exact show every Sunday, begging you to watch. Oh. <laughs> but it's, it's honestly, it's magical. It's like the power of Netflix and the power of like having that immediacy and that it's just like such a lesson and like whatever the content is needs to have the right home and the right packaging, you know, in order I to agree. really find its full potential yeah it's nothing like, else changed <laughs> <laughs> not, they didn't change a thing about it did they not even a word <laughs> oh i remember not thinking really. it was even a little racy for lifetime yeah there were two actually two there was a version they aired during the day and a version they aired during the night oh that's so lifetime that's so yeah, lifetime right? do they have other scripted series like we all know they have all the, the christmas movies and everything well have you seen unreal Oh, oh yes watched right. watched a couple seasons of so that yes. that was when i first got the appointment my reps were like lifetime is doing some of the best television you have to watch unreal and mm-hmm. i watched it in one so i was like this is the greatest show i've ever it's it's honestly like i think one of the best shows I've ever it's seen. brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant oh my god well anyway loved you on you and um i this is like a mild spoiler if you haven't seen season two, Dylan, cover your ears. But um, I like half expected you to pop up at the end of season two because they brought Stamos back in. I know. I, it was, I was hopeful. I mean, who knows what will happen in the future. Um, I think definitely, you know, there were a couple conversations, uh, you know, here and there about, about maybe she would come back. And 
who knows? Maybe maybe season three she'll come back. We never know. But I'm sure there'll be a season like, three. She's hanging out. She's and I, you know. But as of right now, there's there's no plans for me to come back. So I would love to return. So was Jagged happening already when you were when they were doing season two? Uh, when we were doing season two, no, I, it was on that year hiatus where I couldn't really take any work because oh. we were planned to, uh, right. return and it kept getting pushed and pushed to, like, to find a theater. So all, our whole cast was just like, well, guess we won't work for a year. So that was oh actually God. why I got to do the flash was because yes. they were like, you know, they knew that I had, I couldn't sort of go in for any of their other shows and. Um, they were like, well, we have this one episode. And I was like, I can do one episode. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing you on there because we I watched The Flash up until recently when I just had to cut things because I watch way too many things. Um, and I remember seeing you and be like, oh, my God, like there's like the Berlanti verse is like oddly like associated with Broadway. Well, because Greg is a huge fan of theater mm-hmm. and he's a real champion of, of our entire community. He came to see Jagged and, and was really excited by it. And he grew up sort of doing theater and, and loved it. And so he's definitely a big champion and he's always got his eye on like what's happening. And, um, and you know, I, I mean, I think even he was a producer on Be More Chill, but I'm not entirely sure about Oh, wow. That. Pretty sure. And he produced this like incredible, like illusion magic show that I went to. Like he's just really so innovative and such a champion of all things theatrical and sort of pushing the boundaries and all queer stories. Oh, yeah. I just, I adore him and Sarah Schechter who, he works with as one of his um, one of his right hand ladies, and um, they're just both of them are are true champions of our entire community. So, I think uh, that's you know where what? Crossover happens. He definitely is a theater guy because when we were seeing falsettos yeah. in. Was that in 2016? Yes. Yeah. You know, I I think we I like walked. He was outside the theater, and I just walked up to him, and I was like, I just need to tell you, I love literally all of your shows. And I, he was shook, I think, because I don't know that he gets recognized often. Um, yeah, he's like, he's like a him. young, very handsome man. Like, he's, like, so indiscreet. He's probably wearing, like, a baseball cap or something. I think he was. Like, yeah, and he's, like, the last person also to make himself known or, or to be, you know what I mean? Like, he's just so humble and so just hardworking and, and down to earth. And I just adore him. But yeah, so to answer your question, which I fully ignored, um, no, you're fine. I was doing, I was like a crazy person and I had actually booked you. So I was in the middle of filming season one um, when I got the audition, or I think I just started filming season one when I got the audition for Jagged. And at this point, Bella was like an ensemble role. Oh. Lab, yeah. Ensemble role, one scene had, this lab had no promise of going to ART, this, no promise of going to Broadway, like nothing. And I was like, but it's Alanis. And so right. I still went in. And then when I got the job, I was like, okay. So we went to the producers of Jagged and we were kind of like, hey, um, you know, I'm filming a TV show right now. Would it be okay if I missed a day or two? Because I only filmed like one day per episode. And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, then I, so then I went to, um, I went to Greg and Sarah Gamble and I was like, hey, I got to do this. And they wrote me out of two episodes and that's why Annika goes to grief counseling camp. And then they still brought me back for more. So they were like so kind and generous. I like, I've set forward my thanks to them like so many times because that is a very generous thing for producers to do. And it gave me just this opportunity of a lifetime in the midst of another opportunity of a lifetime. And so I, I really got so lucky. I'm like the only person in the world that would be like, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going I'm to turn down two episodes of this potential right. television show and take it for an ensemble role in um, a lab with no future employment promised <laughs> um, for no money. For like, just like, I look back on it now and I'm like, you have balls. Now was this the was this the famed lab that featured Adina Menzel? No, that was okay. That was before my character even existed. Okay. So there was a different plot. There was Adina, and that was like a twenty nine hour reading. Okay. Okay. So Bella was not. It was about like Nick and a frat party. It was very different. I've heard. Okay. I've heard rumors. Wow. Well, we saw Jagged. Gosh, was it back in January? Maybe. And yeah, it was just. I mean, when I saw it, like my boyfriend and I, like we were just. Every, after every song would end, we would just be like, wow, like, holy shit. Like, how are they doing? The choreography is some of my favorite I've ever seen. And just, it's the way you do a jukebox musical. Like, Thank you so it is just, and you were phenomenal, of course. Iconic in every way. And just like, I mean, the whole cast is brilliant. But like we mentioned in the intro, like, you were absolutely one of the breakout stars. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people really related to Bella, especially because of, like, 
the Me Too movement and everything. No spoilers, really, for anybody who hasn't seen the show, but who knows when they'll see it at this point. Like, it's it's just such a powerful story. Do you feel like there was, like, a big responsibility in carrying that? Massive. A hundred percent. Yeah, you know, Bella's a very interesting role because it was never really supposed to be a big role or a central role. And the thing that really changed that was the response that the, we got from the audience. You know, when we did it at ART, I, it was still an ensemble role. I was still, you know, changing my clothes after Predator to like headbang in the back of You Ought to Know. Like it was like the, an emotional roller coaster that I don't really honestly know how I survived, but I did, which is cool. Um, You're like crying in the background of You Ought to Know. Literally like, well, yeah, though. Like not even a joke. There was one night where it was just like, I had finished Predator. I went into do You Ought to Know. And by the end of it, I was like, everyone get like, there's such a release of anger. But it was this very strange paradox for me because I was like, but I didn't get to. Like, I'm angry because mm. I, I just did Predator. Like, not I, the actor, like Bella. I was like, Bella never got to be angry. And, and it was this beautiful parallel, I think, about the actual experience of survivors that are so often like it was it was an ironic and unintentional parallel mm-hmm. that I sort of discovered in this moment that where it was like so many survivors you know never express their anger because they'll they never you know they're they're blamed they're shamed they're um disbelieved they're uh you know told so many horrendous things in response to it and so it actually you know I think that one of the one of the powerful things that we learned through that ART run was like seeing a story like Bella's on stage was, you know, I was getting response from people on Instagram, from people after the show saying, this is the first time I ever saw my story on stage. This is the first time I ever felt seen. This is, you know, I've never told anyone until you. And you finally gave me the courage to tell my husband or my daughter or like, you. I mean, it was just like, and this was after almost every show. I would talk, speak with someone who's had this experience who felt in some way liberated or, or a level of catharsis through the show wow. and through Bella. You know, within the first week of previews, I went to Diane and I was like, hey, I need training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need I need to talk because I looked into it on my own to get the hotline training, but it was like the hours didn't work. So I was like, can we pull some strings? Like I need to learn what to do fast. And Diane Paulus is such a champion of all actors and, and people. And she was so everybody at ART was so, so willing to, to help me um, learn how to handle that. And so we did. And so I, I sort of got training, but the more all these things came up, the more people, re- our, our creative team was like, well, I think this story needs to be heard and needs to be explored more. And we should learn more about Bella beforehand. And, and we should learn what gets taken from her and what she grows from. And that was sort of how the, wow. the story really expanded because of the audience's reaction to it, which was just so I'm so grateful for Bella's story to have gotten sort of a, a wider, you know, deeper experience. I mean, it was extraordinary. I remember watching it and there's, I guess this is a spoiler, but I don't know. I feel like I want to, I want to talk about it, but there's, you know the there's a bootleg online. So everybody listening to this podcast, I'm sure has seen it. If they <laughs> yes, <have>. yeah. <laughs> um, there's like, the I scene on TikTok of all places. And I was like, Oh no. What? And it was That's like, wild. Three. And I was like, guys, no. Oh, that's crazy. If you're, we were t- you're absolutely going to bootleg, my God, wait until we open. <laughs> wait. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. But I remember there's this scene. I'm pretty sure it's in Act 1 when Celia and Lauren's characters go to Bella's house. And, and you're like, your character is trying to find the words to express what happened. And I remember I ha- you could hear a pin drop in the audience. And I had full chills. And I remember thinking to myself, I kind of was taken out of it for a second. And I realized I've never seen anything like this in a Broadway musical. Oh my God. I, I could like cry right now thinking about it, but it is, that is like the importance of theater and art and especially art that's reflective of the times. Like Jagged is like taking a mirror up to the Me Too movement times up and being like, Hey, this is what we look like in 2020 now. Like this is America. This, this is how women are treated how women are, are or aren't believed. And I think like, it was just so extraordinary. I have to say like, brava to you and literally uh, Jagged Little Pill in general, because I was like, and I thought, I thought, wow, I wonder if anybody in the audience is having this same reaction that I'm having too. So 
Well done. Thank you so much. And, and, and Bella and that story is certainly in the right hands because you were just such an incredible person and like your empathy. I can only imagine it probably gets a little heavy at times too with the way that. Confirmed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so all of like that, I mean, thinking about it, I'm like, wow, Jacket could be like one of the musicals that wins the Pulitzer. Like it's like, it, it, it reflects all of the people. Some people are like, oh, it's like a lot of issues crammed in. But that's never the way that I felt because watch it felt news. exactly that's a lot of issues crammed in. <laughs> right. Watch, watch any like any like um like it's like Grey's Anatomy or like any other show. Like you're going to yeah. see every issue throughout. Like I do think that people sort of of our generation are more used to seeing um so many issues in one storyline and are also used to experiencing it because we wake up, we look at our phone, we scroll through instagram and there you go there's this terrible news this thing this selfie that there's just all these different mm-hmm. you know terminology changes every five minutes there's so, the rate at which we process and understand information we grew up to that rate being so much faster than you know someone of a different generation who was given like the nightly news at six right and there was like a thing going on and then you waited till the next day to get the nightly you know so i think mm-hmm. it, it is and it's definitely not been done in the musical <laughs> mm-hmm. oh absolutely what is like your favorite number in the show, other other than your solo? I think Forgiven. Oh, so beautiful. I think Forgiven is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Stanley is just one of the greatest, greatest performers I've ever seen. And, and she gives so much to it. And, and I love the parallels it shows between MJ and Bella. And I love that everyone sort of gets their thesis statement of the show in that moment. And to have the Ave Maria in there. I mean, Tom Kitt, Eugenius. Genius. It's just like, it's, and then the snow is fun. Which was like another one of those moments where you're like, wow, this is so like simple, but it's gorgeous. Diane Paulus is kind of like the person I go to for something where you're like, I didn't know I needed that. And then I did. Does she have a Tony? Yes, I believe so. Okay. If she doesn't for hair, then she should for something else. I believe she does for hair or maybe Pippin or or all of them. Oh, absolutely for Pippin too. Oh my God. I know. Uh, I'm I'm like the president of the Diane Paulus fan club. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant mind. Now, is it just terrible working with Derek Klenna? Oh, it's awful. I really oh, my God. <laughs> this is the drama, honestly. <laughs> he is, he's my best friend. He is, like, I couldn't have, I truly, truly could not have done this experience without him. And because your characters really so are interlaced throughout the show. And they didn't used to be, ironically, because I in, at, in ART, I was Celia and Lauren's friend. Or oh. Joe and Frankie's friend. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, and then honestly, like partially, I think what they saw was they were like, Catherine and Derek are like so dumb together. Like we would sit in the back of rehearsal. You can ask Brian Perry, our music director, how many times he had to yell at us. Oh, he's like, so cute, Brian not. Perry. Brian Perry is, his ear too. I could be like very quietly singing a, like a chorus part in the very back of the room. And he's like, Gallagher, you're flat. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, he, I believe he's like Aaron Tveit's music director when they do content. Yeah. And Aaron Tveit is like my number one of all time. So I'm always like, you know, you're watching Aaron and all of a sudden you get distracted by the guy playing the piano. But <laughs> I know, that's a, that's, that's a beautiful man. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but Derek, Derek and I, like, we had, we were able to bring such a levity and both of us have very, very intense and, and somewhat like pent up roles, like neither one of our characters gets a release or a conclusion or <laughs> which is true to life. Like I, as I'm saying this, I want to make it clear that like this is something that I, I think is one of the most powerful things about the way that Diablo write is that she doesn't sensationalize and she doesn't tie things up in a bow. And the way she writes mm-hmm. is true to life and is true to our experiences. And I think that one of the best things our show does is that Bella has it's very clear that by the end of this, Bella still has a long way to go. Absolutely. Like this is the very beginning of a, a very long road for her um, and a road to recovery. And so, but I think because of that, Derek and I were very conscious of like keeping our energies okay and like checking in on each other, but also like having snowball fights and like, <laughs> you know, dancing to Clay Aiken and like doing really silly things. I just wouldn't have made it through without him. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I remember seeing some of like the backstage, like Instagram stories, like when the everything was still running at that point and, <laughs> Oh my God, so and fun! We lived ten blocks away from each other, so we'd take a cab home together. Oh, or the subway home most nights. Um, and then, and we would just like always debrief and always like he's just such a good shoulder to cry on, and and so understanding and and so smart and and kind and wonderful. I just love him, and his wife Alicia is like 
the coolest best oh, person. I I'd, I'd expect nothing less for him. Yeah, he's like the all-American boy. So yeah. chic. She's so wonderful. She's so smart. I just the two of them are incredible. Oh, you've I had love like it. like both of your Broadway outings so far. Like the casts have been absolutely <laughs> incredible. I it's mean, really with Spring true. Awakening, like we just we interviewed Ali Stroker two weeks oh. ago, last week. The most sweet and sincere person, um, Chris yeah. Rodriguez, was our first ever episode of drama. My birthday twin. Oh, my God. July 23rd. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. She is one of my favorite people on this entire planet. I just love her. I know that we just had Spring Awakening, but if there is ever a world where we get to see you as Ilsa one day, that would be... I tell you how much of a dream that is for me. Oh, I can see it. And that was actually what Michael originally approached me to play in Spring Awakening. And then... Yeah, because so Ben, he was looking for an Elsa, and Ben was like, oh, you should look up my friend Catherine. This is Ben so, Platt. We're this is Ben Platt, yeah. Okay, okay. And so then, <laughs> so, so then Michael, or Ben texted me, he was like, my friend Michael's going to call you. And I was like, okay. So Michael calls me, and then he was like, you're perfect. Are you available over the summer? I want you as my Elsa. And I was like, incredible news. And we like had coffee. We talked about the whole thing. He was like, save your summer. And then he called me. Then there was like this very, very long winded story that I, like I've told many times that it basically involved like me not ever hearing from him, then running into him at a ice cream shop. Um, and then I basically uh, panicked and then eventually was like, well, what about the production of Spring Awakening? And he was like, why didn't you show up your audition? And I was like, <gasps> didn't get that email. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god drama literally and so then i had to i went in like the next day and then um he called me and he was like hey i love you i hope you'll still come see the show we're going in a different direction like you'll get it when you see it we're going in a very very like it's so polar opposite from you um mm-hmm. but i love you like i hope we can be friends basically <laughs> and um and so so yeah so then i recorded my album and the day i finished my album was the day before they started rehearsals and the girl who played voice of Marta dropped out and he called me and he was like, I'm begging you, <laughs> you play guitar and I need you for this. And I was like, and it took a while because I was kind of like, you know, I was, I had a tour that I was maybe going to go on, like all these different things were babies. And then I went back into the studio and I, my producer and I watched the Tony performance mm-hmm. from, I guess, 2008. Yeah. And I was like, it's my favorite show. How could I say no to this? Like, I, just, I just have to do it. I had to swallow my pride take the smaller role like and I was just thinking I was like this will be worth it and it'll be something to do on the weekends and I told him I was like these are the things coming up like I don't know whatever and anyway it just ended up working out and then you made your Broadway debut it was a big lesson for me in you don't know anything and if you swallow your pride you're gonna get a lot further than sticking to your you know ego and 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 honestly like wow it's been that way ever since like every single job I've had has grown from something smaller or, yeah. grown, or, or morphed or, you know, so I, I've, I've fully had a lot of lessons and swallowing my pride and letting go of my ego and just trusting that whatever happens is going to be the right thing. I'm living. <laughs> That's great advice. Wait, I forgot. We forgot to ask you a question that we usually ask right at the start oh, yeah, of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as we're jumping away from Spring Awakening, which we love, we live. Yeah. Catherine, are you well? Well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly seem it. You know, I, I'm. Uh, it's been a very complicated year, and I, I very much needed some time to process a few things and finish writing a few songs. And I think that for me, I'm taking it one day at a time, and I'm waking up and I'm gardening and I'm doing like an online workout class, and I'm playing with my dog and I'm writing songs and I'm calling my parents and I have like pen pals that I'm. <laughs> You know, a pen pal. I don't know why I said multiple, but you know what I mean? Like I have like, I'm looking at that letter, which is what reminded me of it. And you know, so I have all these things that are sort of keeping me okay. I'm okay. You know that line in All Too Well where she's like, I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all. Fine at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh Taylor is the prophet and <laughs> there's a lyric for everything. Like there's always something you can bring it to. I love to hear that. You know, it's it's certainly been a time of like like um, creative renewal for a lot of people. And you probably wouldn't have been working on an EP while doing jagged right now you know so it's like there's so many things that come of it i mean are you guys well 
Oh wow! Um, I would say I would say <laughs> a very check in on your friend. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, you're so. You um, I would say yes. It's a similar situation. Like I would say for me, like the best part has been that I've been able to mostly be quarantining with my family and then my boyfriend who lives in Ohio, and you know I live in New York, and so there's that silver lining of we would not have been able to see each other very often this time of year, and. He's in musical theater school. And so like, it's been able to like, I, I, I mentioned this before in an earlier episode, but like I needed everything to slow down. Like you were kind of saying, yeah. like things were going very fast. I felt like I was losing control of a lot of things. And so this has been a really nice time to rein it in and also like watch lots of movies that I've wanted to watch. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but all things aside, like this, the podcast has been flourishing during this time. And so it's, it's, it's been good. Might, good. It's okay, but not fine at all. Yeah. Honestly, Taylor forever. Mm -hmm. What about you, Connor? And I'm well too. Thank you for asking. You know, I, this is actually a reveal. I have not revealed this on the podcast, even though something was happening, but I had, I had foot surgery at the end of February because I like tore something in my foot. And for some reason I was like, I don't really want to talk about it that much, but I got surgery like literally a week before quarantine happened. (laughs) So one of the positives of all of this has been my foot has fully healed. Like I'm able, I was able to rest and like, you might've like pushed yourself and like, wow. Yeah. So that's been great. And I've just really been like getting back in. Now I'm getting back into exercising and I'm spending time with family. I've never been more in touch with my friends, you know, like you, we have like a weekly call with certain friends. Like every other week we've been catching up with these girls from like, it's just been for the existential dread that dawns on me, like probably three times a day, I would still say this has been a a time that has brought me like peace in other ways. So it's been one of those bittersweet times in my life where I'm like resting and enjoying it, but also thinking like, am I going to have a career? You know, is my life. It's, it's, you know, it's like no one has any answers for the world and we're young and we're already asking like, what's the rest of my life? I actually, you know what? I said this to my parents this morning. I was like, everything just feels like it's pushed now. And so it's like, how do I make this time useful? It's like a, a very long weekend where it's like, I should do things now that's going to make my week <laughs> easier. But then the week is going to be further. It's like the week is getting further and further away. So you're like, I'm running out of things to do that are useful. <laughs> I know. It does feel like a really long weekend and that like the Sunday scaries sometimes dawn on me, you know, and I'm like, <gasps> but no, I'm good. I'm doing well. I will say you're your new music really oh, yes. put me in a place a full ass mood <laughs> i had i listened to it all the way through like for the first time and then i heard dylan listening to it and the first one's called even my dog right i was, I was literally like, singing the chorus like, how do you know this already i had heard it one i had heard it one time and dylan was like you know it already and he was gagged and i was like i think it's just that catchy that is really cool it's Thank that you. good but also like fully poetic and like you still get like a message across like it's like I said earlier like it's in a similar vein of Taylor of like you're able to tell these stories and take us to a time and a place this what's this, it's I wonder how you talk about us now or whatever yeah, how do you That's, talk about us now yeah like come on like that for any relationship you've ever had like whether it's romantic or otherwise like that that's so real it's, it's so funny it's that was one of the songs that I wrote sort of like the second week we were here and I just had, you know, when you're in a situation and and so often in a relationship, you hear someone talk about their past relationships. And, and I think once you take a step out of it, you start to realize like, you know, obviously this album is a lot about trust and a lot about certain narratives shifting. And, you know, I think something that was really paining me was like, is there someone out there who's hearing that I'm you know, all of these things. Wow. That, that are, that's not true. And like, I'm so like, I'm, I'm a really bad liar. I'm really like, <laughs> I'm just like, I have no chill. Like I have a very hard time um, upsetting people like to a, to a detriment. I'm not saying like, Oh my God, I'm an amazing person. I just mean like, <laughs> I, I like hate the idea that someone's upset with me, like of course. crushing to me. And so I think that song for me came out of this place of like, but I have to tell everybody the truth. And it's like, no, you don't. That song to me was like, I just have to like accept Mm -hmm. that I know what my experience was and the only thing I can control. I can still wonder, you know, the things that are being said about me and, you know, or not. I have no idea. Right. And it's in being kind of like alone. Like, I mean, you said you've got your brothers there and everything, but being alone with your thoughts can be so scary. It's crushing. It's 
absolutely crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like fully, yeah, I think it was very interesting because for me, I began writing Friends to Entertain, which was the first song I started writing in September. And I went straight into rehearsals. And playing okay. Bella Fox is a role you can't really play when you have anything else on your mind. And certainly not anything else weighing down your heart. Um, my grandmother died at the end of August. I began writing these songs in September. You can imagine it wasn't a very great summer, <laughs> nor lead into rehearsals. So I was really certain I was carrying a lot of um, a lot of pain into this process, and I knew that I I couldn't feel it. I knew I had to just like buck up and get through and like take it day by day. And I had an hour of therapy a week where I could talk about it, and then the rest of it I had to just show up for the role for the show for the survivors that would be coming to see it and and live through that catharsis. And so, you know, it wasn't really until January that I started writing songs again. And then slowly but surely, I had my daytimes free and I started, you know, writing things down and peering through journals and, and having sort of sessions here and there. And that was when, like, I sort of started unpacking the box. <laughs> and then, um, and it was something that I felt when this started, when I sort of, saw this coming a little bit the week before we shut down was when I ordered the mic and I ordered like everything I needed because I think there was something um, about having boxed everything up for so long that at the beginning of this, I was like, okay, what have we got? (laughs) What can I, what can I unpack? What, you know, what pieces of songs can I dive into? And, And that was so important for me to, to sort of understand a lot of things that I hadn't had any time to process. Um, during the show and so that was sort of where it all came from and it's i mean the finished product is amazing and it's true that they were all one take yep literally right where i am right now with this mic and i was just like you most of them late at night like oh i love that just i had no idea what i was doing and i didn't think they were going to be any good i was just like whatever at least i'll have like good recordings so i can remember them and i can bring them to someone who knows how to produce Mm -hmm. and then i played them for my brother and a couple other friends and they were all like but this is what you sound like and it was really my friends that encouraged me to do it they were like this is you these songs are you this is like when you send us voice memos of your new songs like this Mm -hmm. is what we love the most about you is this like you know raw sort of thing and your producings are great but they're different and so mm. I got a lot of encouragement from my friends that were just like, why don't you just like your, these are personal songs, make it personal. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I fully had panic attacks all day. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but like in sharing that personal, those personal stories, like once again, people are able to relate and just, yeah. I'm sure the feedback's been amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the feedback has been amazing. It's definitely, it's, um, it's scary being that personal and especially about something that I was very quiet about. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, I definitely feel like this weird, like, oh yeah, by the way, that was going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's weird. It's like, you know, you look back on your, and, and I think this is a very human thing, but it's like, I was looking back on like my Instagram and I was like, oh, you look so happy, but I know that you weren't like, it's just mm-hmm. this weird. And I think all of us can relate to that. This, what we put out there versus like you were you were crying 10 minutes before that photo was taken or whatever it is you know yeah oh absolutely so I think that's so much of what fuels all of us is this just like whatever or at least it certainly fuels me a lot is like whatever pain there is whatever insecurity is like I I'm like pushing through it <laughs> so sometimes you need to you know take a step back and breathe well wow I'm glad that you took the time to do that and also share it because it's it's remarkable it reminds me of that Carrie Fisher quote that Meryl Streep said, take your broken heart, make it into art. That, I definitely had a broken heart. <laughs> I'm glad it's art. <laughs> um, wait, really quick. I have to ask you, that quarantine dance party that you did with Ben and Noah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Was that 100 years ago? <laughs> yes, it was seven years ago. It, it might as well have been. Did you guys raise a lot of money? That was a, it was to raise money, yes, right? The problem with what we did was there was no like donation thing on Instagram yet. So we actually have no idea how much money we raised. We just really encouraged people oh. to donate. And so we know about like four to 5,000 people tuned in, which is like kind of crazy. If you think about yeah, it, that's like, crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, it was just really fun because so they came up here and, and when they came up here, it was like before it got really like, you have to stay in your house and never leave. It was just like, Hey, groups of 10 and 11. And then once they were here, everyone was like, you should be alone and stay. And we were just like, 
I mean, we are. We've only seen each other for like 10 days. Yeah. Now, so it was great. But it was just very funny. The severity. It was when the severity of everything changed day by day. Yes. Just, and so I think like in that, as the anxieties were rising um, publicly, we were sitting at dinner one night and I was like, I think I just, we're talking about Grey's Anatomy maybe. Oh no. We're talking about Gilmore Girls. I remember Gilmore Girls how they had a dance-a-thon for 24 hours to raise money. And I was like, what oh, if yes. we did that? I remember that. I remember that episode. So that was how it started. And then the next day we like made a playlist and choreography <laughs> the day after we did it. <laughs> so cute. I actually tuned in. I was one of those four or 5,000 people. You. I was still, you know, on the men. So I wasn't dancing it out with you guys, like Meredith yeah. Christina vibes, Grey's yeah. Anatomy. Wait, what was that really good song that was at the end of, it was in Christina's last episode. It was the last time they danced Where does the good go? Did you, right? Yeah, Tegan yeah. and Sarah. Oh, yeah, by Tegan and Sarah. That's from OG Tegan and Sarah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. I I'm love pretty, that. Pretty sure I'm right about that. Wait, are you, are you a Grey's fan? I'm a Grey's fan. <laughs> Still hanging on I after all this time. I watched the whole thing during start to finish. And I'm like OG, like I've been watching since it premiered. But I rewatched the whole thing starting in September. And like all throughout rehearsals and everything. It was like the only thing that gave me peace of mind. Wow. Yeah. And did, did you learn anything oh. in the rewatch that you had forgotten about the show or like, I think what was helpful was that I, I was like, <laughs> I think like, I'll tell you what hit extra the episode, the day of the dead episode. Oh yes. I in remember the rewatch that, that hit extra hard. Cause I was like, they just died two weeks ago. <laughs> like it was mm. so intense. That's and right. Like, a lot of parallels yeah. with its mom and like just all the different sort of like subtleties that they, it really made me appreciate how much they've like, woven in and how you can really track everything back it's extraordinary i love it I'm like, oh my god you say the word extraordinary i remember the episode when meredith i think it's like the ferry boat accident and she's like maybe drowned and like her and her mom have that moment she says you're like you're ordinary you're anything but ordinary yeah oh my god I, and then Derek yes. yells at her mom oh yes so good. It's yes. the show. Yes. For those of us who have held on now to the bitter end or however much longer it's going to go, it's been rewarding over it's the years. It's us year. and Beanie Feldstein. Okay. She's who I talked to her about. Oh, my God. And she and she was on randomly. She was like, she was like I, I have to tell you, I've been keeping this from you, and I had to wait until the perfect moment. I'm going to, and I literally sent her a picture back. I was like, tears streaming down my face. I was like, I'm so proud of you. And she had one of the most cracked guest starring <laughs> appearance the character was wild yeah that's so fun oh my god okay we've been talking about a lot of different things but we do want to kind of go back to your roots and talk about what we call the ring of keys moment which is you know that moment of realization for a lifetime in the arts and knowing that it was going to be the path you were going to walk down do you have something that you can pinpoint to I kind of don't. And I think why is that I didn't know it was a choice. Like, I think oh. because I grew up in it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is like some people become doctors and some people become actors. Like, it never felt out of reach or like bizarre. I was like, yeah, I don't know. This is, don't other people's dads put on makeup and go do plays at night? Like, no. <laughs> okay. So I think for me, it just never seemed like something. It was the only thing I liked doing and it never seemed like something that was out of reach. Um, but I will say that there was a moment when I was, I think I was 12 years old and I went to see Spring Awakening. My mom took me to see it on Broadway. She, she said, uh, and I remember like after it was at intermission and this was like such a prophetic moment. I can't even believe it. But after hearing Dark I Know Well, I was like, I have to do, it was my favorite song. I listened to it so much. And I was like, I have to do this in the revival. Like I was like, so cocky. I was like, I have to. And then I did, which was kind of crazy. That's it's insane. Or prophetic. I don't know, whichever one it no, is. No, you manifested <laughs> it. <laughs> you manifested it. It something happened. But, so so that you was saw like, like the <laughs> original Broadway cast, like Leah Michelle. For the most part. It right. wasn't Leah Michelle. It was Kyle Riabko and Sosha. Oh, yes. Okay, we saw them as well. And, yes. And then, mm -hmm. and it's so funny because it was actually the first time I felt like I ever saw my voice on stage mm -hmm. because I'd seen all these musicals and every time I did a musical like in you know my after school programs or whatever I would always have to sort of adjust the way I sang and sing in a way that didn't feel as natural to me which was fine and, and awesome but this was the first time where I was like oh that's what I actually sound like and you do have this very unique voice like it's like it's beautiful it's it's so cool has that just always been what's come out of your mouth 
Yeah, I didn't know it was unique until recently. I'm not okay. even like, it's so funny. <laughs> I had this realization, like, I think I was reading comments on something and someone was like, or some catty message board or something, or someone was like, yeah, her uni- her voice is like too, uh, not suited for this or something. Like, it's got a very unique tone. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have a normal voice. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I don't. <laughs> It's cool. It's like folky. It's like, it's so cool. I I think it's amazing. And it it definitely suits Spring Awakening. It definitely suits Spring Awakening. Duncan and I talked about that a lot because he definitely likes unique voices. I mean, Lauren Pritchard, like all these, you know, and and so. What's her new stage name now? What do they call her? Yes, Lolo. I just love her so much. (laughs) She's pregnant. Iconic. Oh my God. She is pregnant. I know. She's now public about it. Okay, okay. She came before it's public and she's to Aspen Awakening and she told me like in my dressing room and I just was like, couldn't stop like hugging. Oh, how cool. It was so magical. (laughs) She's like, she's my big sister, so. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. That's so great. <laughs> Wait, really quickly, you were talking about your dad, who, of course, is the famous Peter Gallagher. Um, I have actually known about him longer than I knew about you because I so oddly, throughout like middle and high school, watched every episode of Covert Affairs. Like, I was like, I a week- love that. Like how rant? Like I was an Annie Walker stand for a high schooler. Oh my god! (laughs) I loved white collar, and so like I would see the commercials for it, or like maybe they came out on the same night, or like something along those lines. Yeah, something because it was all USA, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, characters Um, welcome. Yeah, yeah, so that was such a. I mean, it was like a hugely successful show. It just was very niche. Yeah. So it's funny. It was like some people had never even heard of it, and then some people it was like, yeah, my favorite show in the world. Mm -hmm. Um. So it was a very funny, it was very, uh, so the, yeah, he was telling me that like my whole high school. It's crazy. Oh, how fun. One you of know, my, yeah. P- Piper Parabo is unreal. Oh, what a queen. She's yes, legendary. truly a queen. Yeah. Totally legendary. I, I will say, and I'm sure you're sick of talking about this because everyone probably does. I've never seen an episode of The O.C. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. It, I'm it's sh- so I, wonderful. I, I know I would love it. Should I watch that next? I think you should. It's on Hulu, I believe. Okay, it's I have such that. such a good show. It's good. It's like one of those shows that I know that if my dad wasn't in it, I'd be obsessed with it. Wait, so now I oh have like God. respect okay. and I love it and I've watched it, but I'm like not obsessed with it because that would be kind of weird. But if I, if he wasn't in it, like if I had just seen it as a fan, it'd be like something I quoted on the daily. I think it's just so smart. I think it's so brilliant. It's funny. It's yeah. It's the first season was like one of the best first seasons of television. I think, I don't know. I'm what, is, what is his role? Do you like how look we're on a podcast in 2020 and like mid people in their mid twenties are talking about a TV show. Like they're explaining the plot to each other from like 2004 or something. <laughs> but honestly, well, you know, and Grey's Anatomy, I just want to say did come out in the same year. Oh. They were competing time slots. And I re- weirdly remember that. Wow. So you really yeah. have been watching Grey since the beginning. Oh, a hundred percent. I love that. Watched the pilot when it aired. Respect. Um, and so, yeah, no. So my dad played Sandy Cohen. So my dad was uh, the dad of the, fa- it's based on the Cohen family and they live in Newport beach. And, and my dad is a public defender and he meets this kid, Ryan Atwood, and he takes him under his wing and uh, brings him in with Seth Cohen. Who's- and Ryan Atwood is played by Ben McKenzie, who just did Grand Horizons with Ashley Park who was across the street from Jagged Little Pill. So Ashley and I got walkie-talkies, and I sent them a cake. There's a famous line in the OC that says where Ben's character goes, um, or no, 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 Luke goes, um, welcome to the, who's Chris Cormack, who was just on Nashville and is now on Grey's. And now on Grey's. Yeah, it's all combined. Okay. Um, and, so, uh, and so Luke goes to Ben, and he goes, or Chris goes to Ben. Luke goes to Ryan. Oh, my God. Yikes. Um, welcome to the OC, bitch. And so I sent a cake over to Grand Horizons that said, welcome to 44th Street, bitch. Which yeah. I think was one of my finest moments. Of the That's, I love that. <laughs> that is an incredible moment of pop culture. Just Everything like just emerging. Yeah. Wasn't Ben McKenzie on yes. Gotham? Was that how? Yeah. Okay, that's how yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, he's like been crushed. Okay, I'm going to, oh, yes. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch the OC. I I know there's an iconic death scene where like some, it was like controversial at the time, right? Yeah. Anyway. I've I've seen the scene. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Insane. Um, all right. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Catherine, but not so much. No, this has been so much fun. Um, but we do end every episode with what we call the dose of drama, which Connor, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. So we just kind of like to wrap up on a dramatic note. It could be, you know, drama we're consuming drama in our hearts, something that's on our mind, you know, in this time of quarantine or maybe just in this time of life. Um, I could always kick it off. Yeah, please do. Here's my dose of drama. So one of my TV shows that I recently watched was <gasps> Normal People on Hulu. Will Palmas. Oh, my me. God. <laughs> Will he, please? <laughs> that's my, well, my drama is this. That's he, like, that's oh, this my God. Right. It was like, which one? <laughs> well, you're a bi, you're a bi con. Honestly. Catherine. I, I, yes. I don't know if I'm a bi con, but. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, watching that show, everyone wants to fuck one of them. So, like, it is definitely... It's like, I don't know. (laughs) All beautiful. (laughs) So, so did you watch it? I ate it at the sitting. And I read the book. I read oh my the god! I during the depths of my despair. Oh my god! What a summer! I'm like, let me tell you. (laughs) A cruel summer. A cruel summer. Goodbye, cruel summer. Hello, daylight. Mm, There it is. There it is. I'm sobbing. Um, but my drama is that honestly, Paul Meskel, he plays Connell and I was literally every five seconds just swooning at how like compassionate and wonderful he was and sexy. And I was thinking to myself, okay, my new life stream, move to Dublin, find a good strapping Irish man. And then I realized, will I ever be able to travel internationally again? That's crushing. Don't say such a thing. I'm gonna. I'll be positive and say that I will. But um, watching that show was just heartbreaking for many reasons, and that was one of them because I was like, "This man won't love me, will he?" Although, okay, wait, we'll talk about the ending of it later because, like, maybe there is hope for me in the end. You never know. But it was big. It reminded me of um, once, like the musical, like big once vibes at the end there. Yeah, love once. Me my too. Deep Kizzy. Oh my girl. god. You would be great in once. I'd love Catherine. to be in once. My God. Well, Steve and I at his show sing Falling Slowly together, and it's like what he's my favorite person to sing with. So I, if he'd do it with me again, I'd do that. No, he'd <laughs> <laughs> never, he never would. He'd be like, nope. <laughs> oh my God, stop. No. He's dead now. Oh, yes, he is. Yes. Oh my God. Little baby boy Callum. I love him so much. Oh with Ms. Jenna, with with Ms. Jenna Dewan, Kazee. They are such an incredible couple. <laughs> I, I FaceTime with them the other day. They've been such a, a source of support and love and light, and and I cannot wait to spoil that little child. Oh my god, I don't think I've seen any Aww. pictures yet, but I need to look oh that gosh. up. Both of them have posted like just the cutest photos. I can't even. I'm so obsessed with this little baby. I just love him so much. Ah, and Catherine. Oh, truly, <laughs> I know. I, every time we're on FaceTime, I'm like, okay, you two out of the picture. Are you excited to meet your Aunt Kathy? (laughs) (laughs) Aunt Kathy. I feel like everybody has an Aunt Kathy. That's my nickname. My best friend's family nicknamed me Aunt Kathy because I just show up um, and I like always have pastries and I'm just I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. (laughs) Like enter. I like obviously like, you know, I enter their house and especially after parties and the first one there, I start cleaning up, putting out pastries, like asking if people need coffee and it's just like Aunt Kathy's here. I'm the first one to go to bed too. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Um, oh I'm going to go ahead with my dose of drama, unless you're ready, Aunt Kathy. Oh, I'm not. Okay, okay. So I will say, mine is, is in catching up with all these friends, they will often ask what I have going on, and one of the only things that I have is this podcast, you know? And they clearly don't listen. Some of them clearly do not listen, which is fine. Like, it might not be for everyone. But then I'll ask them what they're doing in quarantine to stay busy, and they're like, listening to tons of podcasts. And I'll just oh be like, God. oh, okay. But here's the thing. You can't always get what you give. And I need to, I can't expect that same level. It's like there, people are saying, like, the people who aren't reaching out, like, cut them out of your life. It's like, no. Like, everyone's dealing with this in their own way. Everyone has their own ways of staying sane. If they like drama podcasts, they do. If they don't, whatever. It's not... I'm not going to dislike them any less, you know? I always think about it, like, there's always going to be people who are going to you know, volunteer and, and listen to it and like be outwardly supportive and whatever. And that's wonderful. And there's going to be people that like it slipped their mind and they forgot about it and whatever. Right. And that's neither one of those are any sign of love or, you know, the depths of someone's love. But I always do think about it. Like if you, if something's really important to you and you bring it up to your friend and then it's ignored when it's coming from a place of like expression of like, Hey, it'd be really important to me if you listen to this, like, would you mind? Do you have the time? 
And then there's like a rush off or whatever, then it's like, then I think that's a different thing. But it's also like, you know, everybody has their own experiences, everyone's doing their own thing. But it's like, that's always been a thing I think of as like, if I express this as something that's really important to me, and then if it's like ignored or brushed off, or, or if they're like, yes, and then like, what it's like, it's always like good to sort of like suss out what makes me feel good. Is this making me feel valued or not? I don't know. That that actually really speaks to me. Right? I'm I'm going to take that advice. Yeah. I love that. If it's really Thank important you. to have them listen, tell yeah. them. Some of them. Some of them. Otherwise, it's like, I don't care. You know, right. it's fine. Um, <laughs> Catherine, do you have a dose of drama in this time of quarantine? I don't even think I do. I mean, I just released my drama. Um, you did. It's, it's, it's called you, Demos, you Volume really 1. It's available. My, my quarantine drama is going to be released on Volume 2. Um, okay. <laughs> like, oh, God, what do I I got to try to be smart with what I think. Um, you know, I think, <laughs> I think that um, the only my only d- dose of drama, you you know, I don't have any. That's okay. <laughs> I, I respect. You. <laughs> You've, you're good. You've given us so much today, and so we really appreciate oh, it. Thank you so much. You are so you wonderful. You know what my dose of drama is? People not wearing fucking masks. Oh yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I I know that is the drama. Mask. It's like, how and can I'm you just like, ignore this? It's just absolutely. That's the. That's my one thing. I'm like, okay, that's my go. drama. Wear I know. A and mm-hmm. wear a mask. And I'm. We're in Ohio, and things are opening up now. And it's like everyone has just like. It's like nothing's wear changed. Relax. It, like, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Going out without your mask. Oh my god. And posting about it on Instagram. That's literally. Okay. It's like that's you know. my drama. Yeah. Okay. And that's I great. Scrunchy dropped. <laughs> are we? Are people going to see the video of this too? No. 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 Okay. Great. But we, they won't. Yeah. So there we go. The, <laughs> drop the scrunchie. There was an epic scrunchie drop. Um, was great. Well, Catherine, thank you so, so much for taking thank the time you. out of your day. This was oh, so, so much, much fun. Thank you for all the stories that you shared and for continuing <laughs> to put out your content and your music and just being such a great role model in the community. And just, thank you. honestly, just we all should be looking to you in these times. Oh, my gosh. That's very kind. I don't know if I can offer anything up other than sad songs and, <laughs> and some hands-on masks. <laughs> we'll take it. But thank you, guys. This was such a treat for me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Aww, and yay. everyone can follow you on Instagram at Catherine Gallagher, right? Is it yes, the full name? Yes, that is and right. Then, but Twitter, Catherine, it's just... Catherine G. Catherine G. And it yeah, is a Y Catherine in Catherine. One letter too long. Who knew? Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. I know. Um, and then everyone everyone can of course follow the drama at the drama podcast follow me at Dylan McDowell and me at Connor McDowell and Connor we will see you next time drama drama